Today on Watching Your Wealth, we'll look at some of the financial trends among the wealthy. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Winnie's son is a financial advisor and co-founder of The Sun Group. She's here to tell us about some of the trends she's seeing among the wealthy. Great to have you, Winnie. It's great to be here, Veronica. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, Winnie, one of the things you say is that some of the wealthy don't feel wealthy. They sure don't. It's unfortunate, but given how choppy the market's been and how expensive things are to purchase these days, people are feeling a lot more poor than ever before. Yeah, and, and that's tough, especially if you're a retiree. Now, some people will say, oh, cry me a river, you're wealthy. What do you feel nervous <laughs> about? But if you're a retiree and don't have income coming in, that can be a scary thing. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we've seen the studies, you know, the numbers, a lot of retirees today are not even close to being prepared for retirement. So in, and many of them have worked at companies for 20, 30 plus years and just kind of scooted along, saved into their 401ks, but never really sat down to do proper planning. And many times these companies now are having to make layoffs or what we call the year of the buyout. So, so many buyouts are occurring at companies um, all over the country. And so people just are finding themselves ill-prepared. And, and that's tough, especially if you have a big salary and a big lifestyle. It's one thing if you have a big salary and throughout your life mm-hmm. you've been living lower than your means. But uh, if you don't do that and then that day comes when you're faced with a buyout, a forced buyout, then things can mm-hmm. be really tough. Another trend you had mentioned among the wealthy, and I've heard this quite a bit because I, I write about philanthropy as well, said the wealthy want to give while they're alive. Tell us about that. Yes, it's just it's a really wonderful trend. So a lot of our wealthier clients, and we we see this kind of transition because I was I've been doing this for been a financial advisor for sixteen years, but I would say in the last five years, uh, our retiree clients now are very predispositioned to give to their children and grandchildren while they're alive. They want to see their kids and uh, the younger generation enjoy the wealth. Now and they don't want to wait and and keep the money until they pass away and not get to experience um, these life changes with them. That that's a nice trend, I think, especially for the younger generations who may be saddled with things like student loans, right. etc. Also, I've heard a lot of wealthy people, if they have a foundation, spending down those foundations within their lifetimes because they right. want to see the impact they can make to their favorite charities as well. Mm-hmm. Favorite charities, um, absolutely. They want to give to their universities or their churches. And one trend that I found has been just wonderful is a lot of uh, retirees now are taking their families on experiences, on vacations. And what they value is time together. And that. the wealthier are building these second vacation homes. And these homes now are designed to, to bring the whole family together. So there are these, we've seen these multi-million dollar homes with rooms filled with bunk beds because they want their grandkids to be all together at a specific time. That's a nice one. That can happen, get everybody, the whole family (laughs) together. Now, you said liquidity is big among the wealthy. What did you mean by that? Well, you know, I have a lot of clients today that are independently very, very wealthy. Uh, They obviously 
uh, have money that they set aside for retirement. But nonetheless, although they're you know they're going to be planning for a 20, 30 year plus retirement in many cases because we are living longer today than ever. However, they're still not comfortable investing in investments that are tied up for lengthy periods of time. They do prefer liquidity, even though they may not really require that type of liquidity. I think investors today, more than ever, feel like they need to be able to have access to their money should they ever want to make a change because they just don't trust the market anymore. They don't trust real estate anymore. They want to keep flexible. That, that can be dangerous too, though, right? If you're not, if you're a little too mm-hmm. liquid. That, that can, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is quite dangerous because you know there are there are obviously uh, benefits to investing long term, and uh, and many types of investments. For example, uh, there is somewhat somewhat of a trade off because if you're able to give up some lack of liquidity, you might have more investment choices. You might have reduced fees and costs. Um, but if you're if you're living uh, very much, you you prefer liquidity, even though you don't quite need that liquidity. You know the, that those types of things will start to chip away at your monies. In addition, you know to do proper planning uh, does require more of a long-term stance. So, you know, I, I would say that many of our clients that are in this situation who prefer liquidity, we still invest in such a way where they are mindful that it is for a long-term. Uh, perspective. However, they just like knowing that they have access to their money. I so, understand that need for security yeah. and, and to feel like you're, you're loose on your feet, you're light on your feet, rather. Um, right. Another trend that you mentioned that I really love is that there's a new definition of wealth today. Tell us about that. Yes, I think like the, the beautiful thing about millennials coming along is I think this feeling has trickled down to their parents and grandparents. So I think wealthy clients today are very different. I would say the wealthy clients that we managed money for 15 plus years ago, they define wealth as having a very large balance sheet (laughs) and seeing that number just get bigger and bigger every quarter. However, today's wealthy, they define wealth as having freedom and flexibility and having life balance and going on those trips and those vacations and, and be able to um, decompress and unplug and, and get away from their computers. And that is their definition of wealth. And it's becoming more and more so, and I'm excite, excited about the millennial generation because I think it's only going to trickle down more so into the future. For sure. It sounds a lot more well-rounded, a lot more balanced. And, you know, having money is great, but you also want to enjoy your life. So if you can marry the two together, I think you've got a powerful combination. Thank you so much, Winnie. This is so much great info. And I'd love for you to stick around and take our financial version of the Prowse questionnaire. Are you game to do that? I would love to. Great. You stick around, too. Hi, this is Jason Gay, and I have a podcast called Free For All. It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. Become a subscriber on iTunes and check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Now it's time for financial advisor Winnie Sun to take our financial version of the Proust. Winnie, are you ready? I am ready. All right. What's the best financial advice you ever received? Well, the best financial advice I ever received was when I was about 18 to 19 years old. 
I, uh, my friend's father was a CPA, and I had made a, a little bit of income. And he said, "Get your behind over to the bank and open up your IRA." And that is what stemmed my interest in investing in, in all things finance. So I have a lot to thank him for that. Indeed. What's the worst financial advice you ever received? Okay, well, my parents, who I absolutely adore you know, here in Los Angeles, have always been in the real estate industry. And so they encouraged me to buy income property. Uh, well, we won't go into too much detail, but let me just say that I presently now just invest in my business, my team, and the investments I manage. <laughs> Got it. Now, fill in the blank. Money can buy. Money can buy and supply your daily needs of those just in cases. But money is really just a tool to get you from one stage to another. So like, like for example, getting your degree or buying your house or raising your children, paying your employees. But I see this as a temporary but very important needs. Indeed. Money can't buy. Can't buy all the things in life that really matter. Yes, indeed. Now, if you want a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it, Winnie? Well, I just asked my six-year-old that same question recently because <laughs> we were doing interviews with kids. And he's, so I was just going to do a ditto on him. He said he would buy uh, his grandparents, my parents, his grandma and grandpa, a house right next door so he could walk next door and play with them every day. That is so, so sweet. We love him. <laughs> I want to meet him. <laughs> Great fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Winnie. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, the production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.